0: Welcome back to 100.9 The Line, serving our community with information and news from both sides of the Mason-Dixon line. And we are practicing social distancing because of this pandemic. And we have Mr. Jim Rada on the line. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Thanks for calling in today. Jim, you've written a book. Tell me about the book you wrote. Well, uh, I know you wrote more than one, but the one on the Spanish flu. I'm sorry. (laughs) Right.
1: October Morning is a historical fiction novel uh, following a doctor who is trying to stop the, the flu in Western Maryland. It was based upon obviously actual incidents, but I also researched how the flu spread in Allegheny County, Maryland, and wove that into the story. And since then, I've actually became uh, very, very interested in the flu, uh, done research about how it's affected a lot of other counties, such as Franklin, uh, Washington County in Maryland, Adams County, where I live. Yeah, it's just, uh, I guess, the scope of the, the damage it caused to the world it uh,
0: fascinated me. Yeah. Well, can you give me some numbers? Let's talk about the Spanish flu and whittle down numbers like worldwide and, and so forth and how many people were affected. And of course, the Spanish flu was uh, 1918. Uh, I guess it killed uh, a lot of the population back then. Can we whittle down some numbers on that? Sure. Uh, back then, worldwide population, about
1: 1.9 billion people, which I think is about a quarter of what it is today. Mm-hmm. And estimates are that 40 to 50% of the people caught the flu. Um, and from that, they're also estimating 50 to 100 million people died from the flood, which would be uh, at the High-end would be about 5% of the world population. Died. It totally, in certain populations where they didn't have any resistance to, to the flu, it totally wiped out. I mean, the fatality was 100%. And they, they found, for instance, Eskimo villages. Everyone died. Around this area it looks like the death rate was about 1% of the population
0: over 6 weeks wow that was a very quickly a very quick killer uh, back in the 1918 um that's uh, pretty staggering numbers that you just uh, conveyed to us. I don't think people really have studied this and realized the magnitude of the Spanish flu, and it killed more people than the war. I mean, we were coming up to World War I, uh, and it, it eclipsed uh, what was happening with the flu. I mean, even the flu killed 10 times more Americans than the war, which was pretty uh, astounding to me. Uh, this was quite an, uh, quite a pandemic.
1: Yeah, and the interesting thing is a lot of the headlines at the time were about the war winding down. I mean, it, and that was big news. They were starting to do the peace talks and things like that for World War One. And yet, as you pointed out, 10 times more Americans died from Spanish flu than died in World War One. And in fact, more Americans died from Spanish flu than died from World War I and two combined.
0: Wow, wow. Did not know that. Thank you for that information. So they, of course, the uh, Spanish flu, they called a pandemic. They're calling the COVID-19 a pandemic. And when you draw a correlation with the numbers that are killed and people infect, infected, uh, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think this is a pandemic?
1: In my mind, pandemic just means it's a worldwide problem, a disease that has affected everybody. Um, so yes, in that regard, it is a pandemic. In the regards of the number of people killed so far, it's nowhere near that. In fact, it hasn't even reached the level of uh, the Hong Kong flu in the 50s, which I think Hmm. that was between one and two million people
0: died. Hmm. Wow, that's that's a good point, too. Well, the pandemic uh, phrase, if you will, I think it, it it's a scare. I mean, it kind of scares people when they hear this pandemic and everybody's getting it and and all of these things. But uh, as you pointed out, these numbers just don't jive with some of the other things that have happened to our country and the world, actually, in the last hundred years. Well, Jim, uh, I've got to bounce out of here for a quick word from our sponsor. Uh this is one hundred point nine the line. One hundred point nine the line, serving our community with information and news from both sides of the Mason Dixon line. And we are practicing social distancing and we're having our interviewees call into the station. And I'm with Jim Rada here today. And he is an author and a historian about the Spanish flu and, and many other things. Uh thanks again for being with us, Jim. Sure, glad to be here. I learned a lot the first segment there. We learned a lot about the numbers and pretty staggering things going on here during the Hong Kong flu and the Spanish flu. And and in uh, retrospect, uh, quite uh, quite a pandemic worldwide. So let me ask you, Jim, uh, you've done a lot of research. How was Franklin County and and maybe uh, affected during the Spanish flu?
1: Well, as as I said earlier, death-wise, it was about the same that I've seen in other counties in the area. Adams was a bit higher probably because of Camp Colt, but um, generally the counties in this area were about 1%. Now, that's death. As far as cases, you had pretty much like everybody else was seeing, 40 to 50% of the people were coming down with severe flu. Uh, Unlike what's going on now where most people are healthy. Uh, Back then, it truly was overwhelming the healthcare system. Uh, There was a Dr. Uh, Bridger up at Blue Ridge Summit. He had so many patients to care for up there. He was doing Drive by medicine. He'd drive his buggy around the area, pull up to a window, and back then all they had were some, you know, mild painkillers, mm-hmm. things like that, that they were giving. They really couldn't do much else. So he'd pass them aspirin through their window, take the buggy to the next. And eventually the flu caught up with him and he caught it as well. Um, the state back then did a lockdown sort of similar to what's going on now Uh, it was on October 4th it was called the uh, most severe quarantine the state had ever enacted the first weekend after that the, uh, the public opinion newspaper reported that there were 35 cases of the flu in Chambersburg with two people who died. Five days later, the paper was saying there were now 1,300 cases of the flu in Chambersburg uh, with 10% of the people too sick to get
0: out of their bed. Wow. Jeez, that's interesting. You know, one thing you said there, I didn't realize the public opinion was around that long. Yeah, it was early in the 1900s where it started. Hmm. So there was a much quicker traveling flu um, and more severe. You mentioned the, the buggy story. That was quite a story, too, the guy going around in the buggy. And like you said back then, I'm sure he didn't have a mask on. <laughs> Probably didn't have any sanitizer either to wipe his hands down with. But that was quite an interesting thing. And in the buggy, I guess... But I think back then, I guess people were a lot closer. Or no, they would would have been more rural. So it would have been a long buggy ride from spot to spot to spot.
1: Probably. But he may have actually worn a mask. What's interesting, if you look at some of the pictures from back then, uh, you see all these. uh, One of my favorite pictures, I think it was Washington or Seattle Police. And they have the old style, like, Keystone Cop hats. And they're wearing white masks. Oh, uh, I've seen another picture of a professional baseball game where the players were wearing masks. And um, even though they didn't have hand sanitizers, they certainly could have been washing their hands. Hmm.
0: Uh, well, you don't. Uh, you know, we're, we're here with this baseball season, and and it's being put on hold and on hold. You brought up a good point. You, the baseball players may be wearing masks. I don't know if that's. Uh, uh, a consideration or not have you heard anything about that no what I've been hearing are
1: sports games without fans in the in the stands in the stadium and i guess they would broadcast instead of having any in-person games
0: mm-hmm. I know locally the Hagerstown Suns gentleman was on the line last week and he indicated that they're Talking about how they could sit people throughout the stadium, but now they've got a seven thousand uh, hold seven thousand people, and they get eight hundred to a thousand uh, fans, so they could spot them out throughout the stadium and uh, you know separate people and have the distancing and all that jazz. So that's a little different. than... Pro- well, I don't know some of the professional games I've seen anymore. The the fan the stands are pretty empty.
1: Yeah, sir. But it's a virus. It's airborne. People are breathing. I've seen they early on. They were talking about this thing traveling twenty seven feet. So when you get numbers like that, dealing with something you can't see, yeah, it's it's going to find a way. If there's if there's some way it can travel or exist, it's going to find a way to do it.
0: Hmm. Well, I guess they need the uh, the ninety five mask. I understand they're probably the only ones that are really good about uh, containing this thing. That some of these cloth masks and the other style just uh, don't do anything.
1: Yeah. So well, that's another funny thing you'll see from those nineteen eighteen pictures I kind of like nowadays. You have people doing designer fabric type, you know, masks with. Pictures on them and things like that. Mm-hmm. Back then, they had they weren't pictures, but the way the masks were designed were to be more
0: stylish. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Well, all right, Jim. Well, listen, I, we're running out of time here. I can't thank you enough for coming on the line today. I've had Mister Jim Ray on. He's an author and he's a Spanish flu expert. Nineteen eighteen Spanish flu. Learned a lot as usual. Uh, here on the line. Thank you so much for uh, being with me today, Jim. This is 100.9 The Line.